Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show. I'm Gordon Monson. He's Patrick Kinahan and Austin Horton back at the studio. PK, if I were to say to you, we're going to have margin hooks here in a second, but if I were to say to you, what realistic possibilities do you give BYU for? What's the best shot at victory? How would you respond to that? What did you say? You had the six reasons why? The six issues in the game that uh, are important to uh, the outcome. Because we need to get to that. You've teased yeah. it like five yeah, times. Yeah, I know, but we don't have time right now because we have more. So your, qu- your latest question? It's, so what, what realistic possibilities give BYU the best shot at victory? Well, I think any time in football, turnovers is a great equalizer. Yeah. I mean, at football and soccer, the two sports you can dominate and not win. Because you can, the other guy can get a fluke goal. I mean, we know the reasons in soccer. And then if Utah puts the ball on the ground four times and BYU comes up with three of them, I mean, that's going to be very difficult. Cause there's, like, there's only so many possessions in a game, and if you waste them, and particularly if they're short fields, then you're in a whole lot of trouble. Which game was it last year that the Utes coughed the ball up a bunch of times and lost, and Kyle was so upset about it? Was it last year? Well, was it the year before. I don't know. But there was a game where they had three or four of them, and he was disgusted. By oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he often says, he always says that uh, the most important stat that he looks at, obviously the final score, is he goes the turnover margin. And if you're plus whatever, even plus one, you're going to stand a much better chance to win. Uh, but if, and if your minus is, you're, you're really hurting, especially if you get in the minus two, three, four range. Oh my gosh, you're in a lot of trouble, man. And you can be better than that other team. Yeah. So, and sometimes fumbles are just sloppy. You know, not necessarily the def- defense makes a great play. Sometimes they do for sure. So, I think that's something that could play in their favor. Is turn and in the way a lot of and Kyle has a pro mentality to the way he coaches. And you listen to a lot of pro coaches, and ball security is such a big deal. I mean, it's as far as a running back and a quarterback, it's it's the number one thing. And if you can't take care of the ball, you're not playing. So that can be something. And you know, maybe uh, they can break a couple of plays. I, as a, I, I think Wilson has the ability to break, get some guys open, and do some damage. So, and then the special teams with Utah. You know, they've been so good. They've been outstanding. They've been the best in the country. I mean, you can't even argue with that with the punter and kicker. And now you're going to run two guys out there that are brand new, one of whom's never kicked in a game. The other one's just had limited reps when he was down there with UC Los Angeles. So what is he going to do? And, and this is going to be a pressurized situation, potentially. Maybe it's not. Maybe they jump out to a 21 nothing lead and you ask him to kick a 35-yarder to put you up 24 you know, it's not obviously not as much pressure in that situation. So well, that was what was so remarkable about Matt Gay. He didn't even win the starting position. Remember? I do remember. And uh, I don't know the name of the kid who missed a field goal. Jaden Johnston. Oh, that's right. And then Kyle gave him the hook. Kid and, out of Bingham that uh, they recruited hard. Yeah, he was uh, much ballyhooed. Uh, I actually was at a Brighton game, yucking it up with Kyle. And he was there to watch that kid. I did. It's funny thing is I didn't know anything about this Johnson kid because I don't follow high school ball that much. But I went to the game for whatever reason, 
and I'm watching this kid thinking, this kid's awesome. Who is this kid? <laughs> he's got a leg. And he's just booming them left and right. And then find out that they'd already had a commitment from the kid. And, uh, you know, he chose to do some, something else here. So, uh, yeah, they've struck gold with these kickers. Can you strike gold again? Can they find a lightning in the bottle, whatever cliche you want again? Because if they do, I'm taking Kyle to Wendover. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm giving him 100 bucks, and I'm saying, here. This Stroud kid, you interviewed him the other day. We'll play that, I think, later on in this hour. Uh, what impressions did you get from him? Well, the thing that I like is he's a grad transfer. He is older. And when you speak to him, you feel like you're speaking to someone who is not 18 years old. There's a big difference between an 18-year-old and a 22-year-old in a lot of cases, 23-year-old. Just the life experiences from a freshman to a senior year in college often is substantial. And so when you talk to him, which I did, it's like, okay, you're talking to a man, not a kid, who understands what he's getting himself into. I mean, he researched this. He met with Matt Gay. He kicked with Matt Gay over the summer. Gay talked to him about, you know, what Utah is about. So he's still got to get out there in front of 50, 60,000, whatever it is, with the pressure. But being old, I like that he's only going to be here this season, but I like that he's older because he has a maturity about him. So what you would hope then, if he should miss one, that there, he wouldn't be as easily rattled hmm. as somebody who's a youngster and then, you know, oh my gosh, I just, I got to make this kick, what have you. Uh, you got to find a way to block all that stuff out. I don't know if he can do it. He appears confident. Great kid. Enjoyed my conversation with him. Polite as can be. Understanding of what the task is. So I do like that he's a grad transfer. I think that can really help with his maturity and not getting you know the excitement and the nerves and too high, too low type thing. Kyle waited a long time to name him the starter, and it mm-hmm. seems like it's sort of a tenuous Well, it's almost naming. like a kick-by-kick. Kick. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, we'll see what he can do once. Buddy, uh, you better make this <laughs> kick. You want to keep this job. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you, wouldn't you hate – I don't know. I'd, I'd hate to watch any kind of – any relative or anybody you cared about uh, have to have so much riding on every kick. Oh, well, I, yeah, I had a neighbor whose uh, son kicked for Utah, and – it went down the what was it the first uh, conference game first Pac twelve game was SC down in the Coliseum, and you and I were at that. He game got that kick blocked at the end, and I think they ran it back, so the score was more than the the game. Mm-hmm. And so I see his parents the next day, and you they're gloomy. Oh, yeah, and like he he got the kick blocked right. You're not going to blame him. <laughs> just, no, I'm not going to blame him. BYU, they have Jake Oldroyd down there and Skyler Southam. I think Oldroyd is going to get that job. I'm, I've been told that he's leading the way as a kicker and a punter, and Skyler is more like the kickoff guy and a long-range type uh, field goal kicker. They haven't announced anything official down there yet, I do not think. So, I mean, it's part of the game that a lot of people don't really care about. It's, it's not really overly exciting, but man, like you said, earlier it wins games and well, it loses Stanford games. last year Matt Gay accounted for 12 points yeah. just on field goals uh-huh. obviously he had more than that with the extra points so he had four field goals one of which was 48 one of which was 49 now I don't know that you can ask somebody who has no experience to be kicking 48 and 49 yard field goals and then what did he have in the in the uh, conference title game was over 50 if memory serves so yeah 
Nothing. That's a guy who was going to go to BYU, but BYU didn't need him. Uh, he, so went he went down to- there to participate in like a summer thing, and uh, they told him they weren't going to keep him. He, he played soccer. A soccer coach got with me on Twitter and said, yeah, they didn't want him, blah, blah, blah. And, Lou Groza award uh, And the funny thing is uh, Tom Hackett tells him the the one year, you, you're up for the Lou Groza award. You could win that. And because Gay told me this, he says, what's the Lou Groza award? <laughs> he had no clue what the Lou Groza award was. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe, maybe you have to have a devil-may-care attitude in order to really be good at it. Because you can freak yourself out, PK. You're, you're an avid golfer. It's like uh, standing over a, a big shot that you have to stick on the green. And if you let all that stuff, all that clutter yeah, get in I your way, you. you're going to screw it up, you know? I got you. Some... Some really are way into it and uh, thrive. Michael Jordan, give me the pressure. I'm 13 of 45. Well, I'll take the next shot and be 14 of 46, and that's going to win Win is the game. Other guys stand at the free throw line yeah. unguarded uh-huh. and repeatedly miss. I remember having a conversation. Who was it with? Uh, uh, Magic. Probably MJ. <laughs> Who do you think, Austin? Oscar Robertson, Will, Bill Russell. But they Who do said, you think it was? Uh, did they, you mention John Wooden? John Wooden. There you go. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> it was it was Keith Van Horn, I, I believe. Uh, but anyway, he was talking about how that's how you could tell a player who is mentally tough, the one who comes through from the free throw line when no one's guarding, but everyone's watching and they're important. And you you got to uh, you got to uh, make those shots. Yeah, absolutely. Van Horn fouled out uh, Sweet 16 against Stanford, and Mike Doliak went to the free throw line a bunch in overtime and made him. All right. And that, that's really the difference between good players and great players. The ones I, I'm fascinated by the mental side of the game, and it's really, really impressive to me when you have a Joe Montana type who just raises up at, at the time that his team needs him the most and is unaffected by pressure. Because I've been talked to physiologists who said that you add pressure to a situation and your body reacts differently than it does when there is but no But yet pressure. David Shaw says there's no such thing as pressure. It's only self-created. Or it's not – pressure is not – like if you have a fever, you have a body temperature above 100, say, right? So you have a fever. Mm-hmm. And – that is a tangible thing. He insists that pressure is not tangible. It's just created by whoever you let create it. Well, that makes it pretty tangible to me. But, it, but it's not. It's not. It, it is something that doesn't exist. It's not something that you can look at and say, that's pressure. It's, it's not really well, tangible. Just because you can't see something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. But it's not tangible. It's it. it if I decide it's not pressure, it doesn't matter what you do, but if I have a fever, I've got one. And well, I have it. it Believe may, me, it I've may, got the it, fever. It may, <laughs> it may not be tangible, PK, but if it affects the vast majority of human beings. I don't know that it does. That's my whole come point. Come on, it does. No, it doesn't. Some thrive under pressure. There's some, but I say that's a, that's a distinct minority. They're, and they're called the superstars. So why are they the superstars? Because they're not affected by what most people are affected by. Right. 
So, so it does exist. If you let it exist, whereas if you have a fever, it doesn't matter whether you want to have a fever or not. You have a fever. And so you can't do anything about it. You've got a, your body temperature is over 98.7. And pressure? No, there's a reason. Why, why did Barkley and Malone get to the free throw line in playoffs and miss shots? They let it get to them. But others didn't. Why did Magic get Magic the ball, man? But it Come is on, a, get but Jordan it is the a, ball. But it is a human tendency for this. If to you do. allow it to be, yes. Well, I mean, but it's it's not that easy. I understand. That's why there's a select group of superstars, <laughs> and then there's the rest of us. I fully understand it. Absolutely. Yeah. The pressure of the moment. I sat next to Adrian Wojnarowski in Fresno in the locker room or in the media room once when he used to write columns for the Fresno Bee. And to his left is Andy Katz, who was the beat writer. And there's me and then Adrian. And Adrian, we're on deadline. And it's a big game because Tark had a good team and Majerus had a good team. He could not come up with anything. The writer's block. He is cussing at his (laughs) type, his computer, using all sorts of words that... uh, I don't normally speak. And I'm looking over at Katz, and he's like, he got a little grin on his face. And, and it, the pressure of the moment. Now, if that would have been the next year we go over, big game. Well, started at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. No pressure. Right? If you can't think of something, well, sit back for another 10 minutes and think of something. But when it's 1030 yeah. and the thing is done, due at 11 or quarter to 11 and you don't have anything going, that's pressure. And he was freaking out big time. <clears throat> We've all been there. I'm sure he got something done. I mean, we're going back 20 years. But in the moment, he's freaking out because of the pressure of what is there. It happens. It happens to everybody. I don't think anybody is completely immune to it, but some guys, clear, Derek Jeter, clearly handles it way better than anybody else. And he made the greatest single play I ever saw in baseball against the Oakland A's where he decides he's going to run up the first baseline, get a ball, and shuffle it to Posada, and they get the younger Giambi out by a split second at home plate. I mean, you don't practice – a throw from the right field line from the shortstop running towards the first base dugout, catching it and backhanding it to the catcher. You just don't ever practice that. But yet, nevertheless, he did it because in the moment he came through. That's what I think that's the great separation. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you, you see great players like, uh, well, Yankee fans will tell you A-Rod, uh, you know, might have great stats during the regular season, but when the playoffs started, mm-hmm. he would be uh, less effective. Kershaw's going through that. Yeah, a little bit. Mm. All right, let's get out to the uh, zone phone and talk with Margin Hooks, former BYU receiver. Margin, how the heck are you? Welcome to the big show. Doing pretty good yourself. We're doing well here. I think, PK, how you doing? Oh, I couldn't be better, Margin. Just ready for you to make another diving catch in the north end zone down at LaBelle Edwards Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, if I, if I do that, I wouldn't be able to get up now. <laughs> Margin, what do you think of what we were just talking about as far as way, so many players are affected by pressure, but some are not? How are they able to avoid that uh, sort of inhibiting uh, feeling? 
Oh, man, it's, it's different ways. Everyone is different, you know, and th- th- how to relax your mind or relax your body. Some people have certain music they listen to. Some people have different things they, you know, they do on the field, different scenes, different routines, some stereotypes they go through. Um, so everybody's different. You got to find your own little niche to get you into that mode where the pressure doesn't get to you. Some people just natural. Some people don't play well until they're under pressure. Yeah, that's that. true. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that. Uh, as a receiver, you know, you look at the quarterback and you have to have complete confidence in him. And when you were a receiver, or even now as you look around, whoever it might be, was it noticeable if the quarterback didn't absolutely believe he could do what he can do and therefore that created doubt in the rest of the offense? Oh, it does, man. In a huddle, man, a quarterback, just how he handles a huddle, just how he handles situations, man, that rallies a, a team behind it. You, I mean, you can kind of sense that some doubt their ability or doubt they know what they're doing. And as a team, and, you know, if you have a young team that's not necessarily experienced with that, who can kind of push the quarterback and help, you know, give the quarterback some confidence, it's, it's tough. It's, for, it's a year for a long season. I don't want to bring back bad memories for you or anything, Margin, but did you ever have a moment where a ball is right there for you and you dropped it? <laughs> I've had a cut. You know what? I dropped three passes my entire career BYU that I call drops. You know, one of them, one of them I call a drop, but it probably wasn't with my my redshirt freshman game against Utah at home, and we ended up losing to them by like three points or something, like a touchdown. And I was going across the middle, and I'm looking at the zone. I'm settling in the hole, thinking, okay, the quarterback's going to hit me. And I couldn't see the quarterback. You know, uh, Kevin Federick wasn't as, as tall. So he kind of side on him through a hole, and then at the last minute, he led me. And I, had, I was slowing down. I had to lunge to try to get to it. And the ball hit, like, off the tip of my fingers, you know. I mean, I'm trying to tip it back to me. And the, the hurtful part is when I looked up field, there was nothing but green grass. Oh. <laughs> it, it, it got me. And another time, the same type of situation, I was going across the middle and I couldn't see him. And I was running like a short route, like about five or six yards. So when he slinging out, it got up on me quick. I didn't know where it's coming from. It just came out of a hole and it and it hit into my chest. And I dropped a touchdown once in a bowl game. It hit me in the face. Mm. I tell people that story all the time. <laughs> I mean, we were playing two lanes and I ran a great route. I mean, I ran a, a stuttering go. The ball came up and I went to reach up to catch the ball. And my arms froze. It was cold that game. We played at the Liberty Bowl. It was freezing. And I didn't have any any sleeves on. And the sun dropped on our sideline first, so it was freezing over there. And I went to catch the ball, and I'm I'm not a cold-natured person. I'm, I like to eat. And my, it's like my arms froze. I mean, I reached my hands up. My hands just couldn't even get past my neck. And the ball hit me in the face. The worst part is when I turned around, the cameraman was right in my face. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and it's like, boom, I'm trying to hit in my face. So I push him. I get to the sideline, and Coach French was there, the O-line coach. <laughs> He's sitting there digging into me. I'm already pissed. I dropped it. You know, so it's, it, I remember those three for sure that, that I dropped. And I was like, man. So you have those moments. Those are the ones I remember. I remember more about mine. I had, I think, probably over, I don't know how many catches, maybe over 180 catches, but... I remember those three that I dropped. Yeah, that's funny. A lot of players, uh, no matter what the sport is, they remember those negatives a little bit more than the positives because those are the ones that stick out at you. You know, I know you're working working with some high school kids, and 
Um, I've always been fascinated, particularly in football, with this star system. And, you know, I think that the more four and five stars you have, the better you are for sure. But yet we see time and time again that players who have very little star ranking go. And Utah has done that and made a and Kyle Winningham and his guys have made a great career out of seeing guys for what they can become rather than who they are and what their assigned star ranking is. And it looks like BYU, they're going to have to get into that a, a little bit more as they go forward and without being the big dog like they were for so many years in the Wack and Mountain West. What goes into what you can see in a player that can be successful at the collegiate level and who's not the obvious four- and five-star guy? I would just see is the development. You see that they continuously develop year after year as a high school player. That's what you look at. Every year, do they get better? Do they get enthusiastic about getting better? Because some kids are not, you're correct, they're natural. I mean, I have kids now, and I, I get them like, he's going to be a five-star. He's going to be a four-star. I have kids like that. You know, I was I sent a list, actually, a guy that I do work with, and I'll go back and forth, having them out, the Ross Oppo. So I sent him a list of kids I trained just for my 2020 class. And he looked, he was like, that many kids have offers already? I'm like, yeah, we got to think. A lot of these kids, I start when they're like eighth grade. So about time in the senior year, they, you know, the ones, the earlier you start, the more you develop. So the college game has changed because coaches have to win right now. They really don't have time to go develop kids. So some causes are the advantage because they can go get the kids that are ready right now. They've been trained. So they walk in, the coaches put them in a the system. And new to that area, for instance, Puka, he was trained. He's developed. He doesn't stay. He goes to Washington Huskies, and he's probably going to play there a lot as a freshman. But those schools have to get to Puka. Those coaches have to win right now. They have that pressure on them to play for a national championship. So you coaches don't have time to develop. They have to get kids they can plug in, and you already got the skills. You already know how to run these routes. We're just going to put you in the system and get you bigger and stronger. And that's what I think college is going to now. Well, we're going to get you bigger and stronger, but can you develop? Do you know how to play? A lot of times you may get a, a coach that's never played that position. You know, it's like me, all of a sudden I'm a college coach. and say, all right, cool. you're going to be the O-line coach. I've never gotten down there. Now, all my roommates in college were O-linemen. I tell people, story, I, 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 that don't mean I know how to teach you how to kick step or punch and do all this stuff that the O-lineman does. And it's tough because of the game has gone to, can you recruit, not can you coach and develop? Can you go out here and coerce this 18-year-old, 19-year-old, or 18, 17-year-old to come to your school? You know, that's the way the business is gone now. So it's tough. It's, and I feel it's hard on coaches that have to win right now. Speaking of uh, development, uh, BYU, one of the things that we wondered about last year, Margin, was where are the playmakers on this team? How develop, You work with receivers like PK was talking. You teach these guys. How, how, how can these guys who are, who are fine athletes, I mean, they were recruited at a D1 level, how can they become playmakers that are reliable receivers that a quarterback can have faith in to throw them the ball, trust them? It's, I think it has to do with the, the mindset and although also the demand that that coach has of his players. I don't think it, it, it's, it's, you should treat it like a business. So you can kind of weed through. There shouldn't be, I don't believe there should be some eight receiver rotation and all that. When I played, I didn't come out the game. I wasn't about to come out the game. 
Matter of fact, on fourth down, even if it wasn't the formation I was in on, the coach on two occasions would call a timeout and put me in. On two occasions that happened. Because he knew you're going to go make the play. So it's a mindset, it's a mentality. Some kids have it naturally. Some have to be developed and put in them. So sometimes a coach can see, if, okay, he has the potential to be this. Let me see mentally if I can get him ready. And sometimes you might have to be hard on them. You can't coddle them. You know, there's things you got to develop. You got to compare them. Sometimes I say the receiver room should be uncomfortable. There shouldn't be no one in there saying, oh, today we're going to all work together. Man, be the dog, be the, be the alpha dog. I never said it when I played, but I knew I was that guy. It was the reason I was a lead receiver for three years straight. Not because, oh, they just went my way. No. It was a mindset. It's a mentality for it. And sometimes you got to be able to sense that. And sometimes as a coach, I would say, it, it, it's tough. If you haven't been around it a lot or you haven't been that type of person yourself, it's tough to sense who has that type of mentality and ego. And it's a cockiness. It's a cockiness, it's an arrogance. But if you're going to be that, you better walk that walk. There's no excuses. If it's time for you to make a play, you better make it. There's no excuses for anybody. Oh, they're holding me. Well, you better get them off you. <laughs> and now they have more resources. When I play, there's more resources for development and different things to help help guys now. So there's really not too much of a skip sort. Do you know this kid at BYU Hill? Do you have any background with him? With who? Uh, this freshman kid, I think. It, yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I know it's a kid that came from Texas area. I know they mentioned him. I know he played receiver here. But he may be one of those kids that's not ranked high that people don't look right. at who right. may end up being a big-time player. He may be yeah. one of those guys that you might just say, you know what, go out there and go make plays. Yeah. He might be the unsung hero. Margin, uh, tell all our listeners what you're up to these days. We mentioned that you do work with some receivers. What are you specifically? What are you doing? All right, now, man, I'm working with. Like, I've been done so long. I have, um, I have my first guy that went that I started in high school who's actually pro. The crazy thing about it, his first touchdown catch and his first his first pass caught and his first touchdown was from Taysom uh, was from Taysom Hill, the uh, Jordan Humphreys for the New Orleans Saints. I've had him since he was a junior in high school who's a receiver for New Orleans Saints now. So now to the point where a lot of my guys are going or ready to go pro. I have about eight seniors this year in college that'll be going pro. So it's for me, it's all in-house. I, so I've, I can actually say I've taken kids from middle school all the way to the NFL. You know, so it's a little different, you know. So now it's gotten bigger. You know, the training side of it, I still have high school, you know, high school kids every year. I'm, I mean, last year I had, I think, three All-Americans this year. I have two All-Americans. One of them is uh, Marvin Mims, who just committed to Stanford. Another one's E.J. Smith, whose dad is Emmett Smith, so I trained Emmett Smith's son. I've had him since eighth grade. He's All-American. Um, he, I think he's narrowed his five to Texas A&M, Ohio State, Florida, Stanford. Um, and it's, it's one more now. That I'm just getting Georgia. So it, it's going well. Those are some of like, the top guys, but I have some that are one double-A, some of some of the mid-tier schools that I've had that come to me with no offers and able to go to camps and actually apologize. And then they, you know, they just follow through the regimen that I send them and give them, and they come to me every week putting in work. You know, every week during the summer, every week, even sometimes during the school year, I still train them. And now my college guys are doing well. I mean, I have two top receivers at Oklahoma. I have, actually, the Pac-12, I probably have about, at the Pac-12, I probably have 
2018. As a matter of fact, one individual that that respects Utah a lot is Eno Benjamin. I've been training him since I was still running back at Arizona State. Oh, he's a great so it's, it's, Yeah, <laughs> so a lot of people, a lot of people don't know that I have, but know that I do. So I just kind of keep it quiet. So, you know, it's not about me. It's about them. It's not about me. I'm done playing. So it's quite a bit. I have quite a few guys in college now playing the college ranks. I mean, so, I mean, everything's going well. I mean, it's gotten bigger. It's gotten, you know, better for me. Um, different opportunities, sponsorships, just from training and development, guys in the pros, guys in college. So just kind of looking for some more business opportunities yeah. just to continue to do the thing, do the thing I love to do. And that's, you know, train and develop athletes. Well, Margin, we could talk to you all day long. And maybe we – also, let's get Margin back on sometime, man. We'll talk uh, a little longer when we have more time. But we appreciate you joining us today. Thanks a lot. Definitely, man. Y'all take care. And hopefully, you know, maybe one day I'll come up there and we had to get live on the set with you guys. Be on live with you. I yeah. definitely enjoy that. That'd be great. Thanks a lot, Margin. Margin Hooks, former BYU receiver, now receivers coach down Texas Way. Emily, here we are uh, at Homey uh, to tell our listeners a little bit about what you got going on here. Oh, yeah. So with Homey, you know, we are helping people buy, sell, do loans, and now even title and escrow work. And our big thing is that we want to be a one-stop shop and not charge all the crazy fees that are out there. So we're saving people money, money that should be in their pockets anyways, because they're harder money they've put into their homes. Um, we love helping first-time home buyers. A lot of first-time home buyers think it's really scary to buy a home, and it can be. Um, but when you have experts like Homey, we can help you find a home with no pressure and save you sometimes up to $5,000 in a refund if it's available, which is a lot of money for a first time home buyer that you don't have to bring to the table yourself. So with that five grand, should I put it in the bank? Should I go on vacation? <laughs> should I buy my wife a fur coat? What should, what should I do with it? All those are really good ideas. The cool part is we put it towards your closing costs. So then you get to keep the five grand that you would have brought as cash to close and do whatever you want with it so that we're taking care of those closing costs for you and you don't have to worry about it with that five grand. You said so, on average you save people 10 grand? Well, 10 when you're a seller. So sellers oh, okay. are the ones paying the most money in commissions. Um, they're the ones paying the listing agent and the buyer's agent. But as a buyer, you're taking on that whole amount that they, you know, the reason they price their home the way they do is to cover that 6% usually. So when you're buying a home, if there's commission available, usually your agent would get 3%, give or take. So we're going to take that. We're going to give you up to $5,000 back. So we're not keeping all the money that we normally would get. So that's a cool part. And then sellers, yes, save up to $10,000 because instead of charging the 6%, we're going to charge a flat 1500 and then we let you pick the buyer agent commission. You said the one-stop shop. Yeah. Uh, what? what, what uh, name that specifically, all the different services that you guys offer. Yeah, so we help people sell homes and buy homes. We do home loans. Also refinancing. We're doing a lot of that right now because rates are really good. And then title and escrow. And usually those are all different people you'd have to go to. Um, usually it's recommendations or somebody that your agent would find, but we can group it all together. You don't have to use us for all of it, but you definitely can, and you're going to save a lot of time and money if you do. So do people call? Should they contact you online? I know you guys use a lot of tech. We do well, what's use a, a lot of What's tech. the best way to uh, to get an issue, to get this thing started? Um, the cool part is we can adapt to anybody. So we have phone a phone call line. We also have our internet a website thehomie.com you can chat us email us um, you can even find us on facebook chat us there or give us a call and we'll answer the phone too so we're here to help you all those different ways 
All right, Emily, we'll talk with you throughout the show. Thanks awesome. a lot Thank for joining you so us. Much. Appreciate it. All right, we'll get back to uh, BYU-Utah, PK, uh, and uh, we got uh, a lot of issues that I brought up that need answering, and you're the man to do it. Also, uh, Jim Harbaugh, in his new book, he said it's hard to beat the cheaters in the SEC. Is everybody cheating? Yeah. And is college sports now, at least football and basketball, do you think it's to the point now? What do you think the percentage is people cheating? 100. Everybody. Everybody. One degree or another, yeah. All right. We'll get into all that good news coming up next on The Big Show. May I have your attention, please? You're locked on to The Big Show on 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. It is the big show. We're here at Homie today. PK sitting in for Jake Scott. What do you think Jake's doing right about now, Austin? Uh, I think he's missing us. I think he's looking up at the sun and thinking, boy, that's the same sun they're looking up at. Hey, do, you, <laughs> do you think he really uh, wishes he were here now? Mm, no. Aww. Hope it's raining where he is, actually. He's at a beach, and uh, PK, I know you're a beach guy. When you go to the beach, what do you think about? Nothing's just sitting there. Just, you read a book, you listen to music, you just watch the, the waves roll in? All, all the above, yeah, for sure. I mentioned earlier Jim Harbaugh in his new book. He said, he, uh, he was quoted as saying, it's hard to beat the cheaters, targeting specifically the SEC. He's had his run-ins with SEC coaches in the past. Remember when he was doing those satellite hmm? camps? And some, uh, you know, uh, Saban and others had problems with that. Uh, we, you mentioned that you think everybody cheats. Uh, is it to the point now where nothing can be done about this, or do you think uh, do you think something can be done that hasn't been done yet that w- could be pragmatic in its application? I don't know what pragmatic means. It's a fancy word. Uh, I don't think that there's much that can be done. I don't think the NCAA is, they don't, they're not trained private investigators. So you just have to hope they self-report. And then I was told by a coach, just lie to them. And then they'll let it go. I'm saying, no, you don't have anything that says I did that. And I don't think I did that. So you're good to go. And... If you go ahead and admit the truth, well, then they have to punish you. That's why Sean Miller keeps saying, nope, 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 nope. And here we are, school starts, and he's got his freshman class. That's all that. And they're going to be good this year. And those guys will go off to the pros and start it up all over again. So if I name you a prominent coach right now, you would, you think he's probably, if he's not cheating, somebody under him is doing the dirty deeds. Yeah, I don't know that they're dirty deeds, though. I mean, I just, I, I could tell you all sorts of stories. I mean, I've been, people tell me stuff. I can tell you tons of stories about coaches. Yeah, prominent coaches, well-respected coaches. Yeah, I can tell you as many stories as you want. And I, I don't have a problem with what they're doing. That's what they, these kids need to get paid. They are getting paid. <laughs> the ones who deserve the money are getting the money. Hmm. All right, uh, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, we'll have David Locke on the air. But next, 
We have everyone's highlight of the day. We have the Not Sports Report. You will not want to miss that. So we'll get to it coming right after these messages. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. How much pressure is there on BYU in this game? All of the pressure. They've lost eight in a row. When you're on the other side of an eight and O streak, the pressure's on you. It's time for BYU to step up and make this rivalry competitive again in the win and loss column. Been competitive in the game, but eight in a row, the pressure's all on you to go change it. Yes, most of it is. There are people who are tired of this. Young BYU fan has never seen it happen. In your 20s BYU fan, they were pretty young and didn't realize that it wouldn't happen for a long time. Then you have older BYU fan. BYU was the dominant program. And they could never envision a decade like this. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. It is the big show, and it is the Not Sports Report brought to all of our listeners, PK, by. Jeez, give me a heads up, would you? Holy freak. (laughs) I thought you were always prepared. You were an Eagle Scout. I was not an Eagle Scout. I never participated in Scouts. Is there such a thing as Eagle Scouts anymore? I, uh, I don't know, but I do know my computer just froze, so good. You do it. Yeah, the Nut Sports Report brought to you every day, each and every day, by Larry H. Miller uh, Used Car Supermarket. Get down to the green building. Well, they'll save you thousands. Larry H. Miller Supermarket there at uh, LHMUsedCars.com. Okay, I got three things for the Nut Sports Report real quick, kind of nuggets for everybody. The first one is this, PK. I'm listening. YouTube has removed all videos of those robot battles that they used to show uh-huh. on some of their channels, like battle bots or whatever. Uh-huh. Did you see this, Austin? Did you see the reasoning for it? No. Nope. They used to come out on the floor and they would bash at each other and whoever survived was the winner. Well, they said it violated its community standards under, quote, animal cruelty. Robots aren't animals, are they? They're not alive, are they? I don't think they are. And the thing that I never understood is that they say, you're acting like an animal, and that's supposed to be negative. Well, have you ever seen an animal show prejudice towards a person of color or whomever? An animal just loves you through and through. So maybe we should start acting like animals. The world would be a little bit better off that way. You ever have a dog? Does a dog know what you look like? Does a dog care what you look like? Does a dog ever have a bad day? No, he's there or she's there to greet you every time you come home. Uh, Well, uh, maybe like a tiger would want to eat you, kill you, and tear you limb from limb. That's an animal. Pets, then. Okay. Domesticated. All right. The other thing is explorers went back to the Titanic after 15 years, and they say that uh, the ship is uh, wasting away. It's Margaritaville. Disintegrating. <laughs> Do you care the fact well, that it makes a, sense a that it would ship? be? Yeah, I saw that story. From the, from the time that they first came acro- across it, it's it's uh, really deteriorating. Yeah, I mean, I, all I know is that uh, Kate Winslet, nah, she's a heck of an actress. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then finally this, because I want to get your gut reaction off of this. Study says that uh, some 60% of guys do not wash their hands after using the restroom. Only 38% say they wash their hands. Uh, oh, all right, 34% say they wash their hands. And, uh, and 38% say they only wash their hands when there's somebody else in the restroom watching them. Huh. I could say every time I go poo-poo, I wash my hands. 100%. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Emily didn't know what to think of that. But, I mean, we're, you brought it up, so don't blame me. Right? He brought it up, Emily. Don't blame me. So, what's, I mean, that, doesn't that make you hesitate before you shake hands with somebody? Yeah. Have you noticed how a lot of people kind of hesitant to do that these days? No. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining in on the conversation. Yeah, this is a great one to join in on, and I'm now going to be hesitant to shake any man or probably woman's hand. I'm good, Emily. Yeah. (laughs) Only when when you go poo-poo. We're part of the... Jeez. We're part of the 38%. Oh, okay, good. We do wash. Otherwise, I guess you could just, you know, do the bones thing. Yeah, bones is good, although I think there might still be germs. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. I'm not a German. I really don't folk, want to so. think about that. I don't either. No, that was a good random want? fact, though. Tell us about homie, <laughs> quickly. Yeah, so at homie, we wash our hands, but we also are experts in helping people buy and sell homes. Um, and as we talked about before the rebate, getting the refund of the $5,000 when you buy a home is literally like us paying you up to $5,000 when it's available just for using Homey to buy your home. That's fantastic. So you use a traditional agent, you don't get paid anything. You use us, we pay you up to $5,000. You know, the one thing I wondered about Homey is that with the traditional agents, and they've been around the, the way of doing it for so long, I think everybody understands you put it on the multiple listings, you have open houses, mm-hmm. and people come through your house, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, so what do you do to get the word out about a particular house or all of the houses, whatever, who that are for sale? Um, yeah, great question. So we do a lot of the same stuff, the MLS, the photography, the you know, Zillow, Trulia. We have our own website. We also not only place it on Facebook, but we put money back into each ad to boost it on Facebook. And we find a lot of our our sellers buyers from Facebook which is phenomenal everybody's on their phone all day everybody's looking at you know cat pictures and dog pictures and homes yeah. all through Facebook so that's a big one for us um, the other great part to helping our sellers sell is that our agents do hundreds of deals a year so they truly are experts whereas the average agent may do you know five to six deals a year so our agents have seen every situation every scenario we also have attorneys on staff that actually manage our agent teams to make sure if, if something comes up we're here to help them every step of the way so is that the reason you're able to do it cheaper is because you do it in volume and yet you have enough experts on hand to be able to you know to take care of uh, each individual customer yeah honestly volume's a big part of it also we've been able to streamline a lot of it through technology that used to take busy work and that we found um, that we can do systematically to help cut a lot of the savings too and pass it along to the consumer so it's a mixture of volume and streamlining it Hmm. yeah so how vast has your empire become you're here in utah (laughs) you're in arizona this thing is growing fast we are growing super fast so we are from uh top to bottom in utah which we didn't used to be but we can help you from logan all the way to st george 
Arizona now. And then we're hoping to be in 10 more states by next year. By what, end of next year. What's the best way for people to contact you? Homie.com is the best way that has all of our contact information and our agents are available to talk anytime. All right. Appreciate yeah. it, Emily. Thank you. We'll get you in a bit. <laughs> yeah. Stay with us Thanks. right here on the big show. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Brad McMurphy from the uh, Stadium Networks. I did see the quote in one of your most recent pieces about the AP Top 25 saying you'd take Utah as a potential dark horse to fit into that Final Four. My first AP poll is who I think going into the season the best 25 teams are. This is not a projection on how I see the season ending. Next month, I'll start in on my bowl projections, and I'll do those every week. Those are how I project the season to end. People have asked me, you know, who's your dark horse because every year of the playoff we've had a team that wasn't in the preseason top 10 make it to the college football playoff and yeah Utah would certainly be my pick and it sounds funny to say Utah's a dark horse when they're the favorite to win the league but that's kind of where the Pac-12 is right now catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3 presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network